0: Posts: James Jordan,
1: Mike Wallace, the Eggman, and Damon Sawyer.
0: Coming at you for yet another edition of the Wide World of Motorsports podcast on CFMH 107.3, local FM in St. John, New Brunswick, CKMS 102.7, Radio Waterloo in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario, and on the Performance Motorsports Network app on your smart device. We're also on demand on all streaming platforms. Until this episode, when we get taken down. Also, yeah. we're on social media at the WWOMS. Check us out there. We're uh, we're trying our best. We really are. <laughs> we're trying our best through there. Yeah. Give us some love. Give us a like. Yeah. a Comments. Uh, message us. It, even if you want to just talk crap on us, go right ahead. We're we're welcome. We're welcoming on that. I would be okay and, with
2: that because then I would know that somebody else is listening.
0: Right? It's, yeah. It's. Just like the wrestling mentality. If people are booing, that's fine.
2: Yeah. It's when
0: people aren't doing anything at all. When there's silence, that's scary. That's right. Like on our website, the silence there is scary. Triple W dot... This is like a terrible intro. Triple W dot the Wide World of Motorsports podcast. Um, Listen, folks, we have the best... We have one of the best podcasts in the region of Waterloo and Ontario for Canadian podcasts. We... It's one of the biggest, and you gotta love it. Give us some love. And it, no, I'm, I'm not gonna trump us on this one. Aww. We uh, we're coming for the 33rd episode of season six, and this is gonna be a good one. Um, I know it. Yeah. I we, we went over it. It's gonna be good all throughout. We're gonna talk about a little bit about the Pinties and a little bits. Uh, Eggman here. He ended up uh, having a little bit of a adventure. We're going to talk about and NASCAR news, like the twenty twenty four schedule and iRacing coming to console. We're going to talk about that in a bit, but we're going to all start it off with the driver spotlight segment. And I think I'm just going to, you know, what I'm going to kick it off because you got Send to, it. you got to do it right. You got to do it with one of the best Earnhardt's. Jeffrey Lynn Earnhardt. He competes currently, part-time, in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, driving the...
2: I'd say he drives.
0: Yeah. He (laughs) drives the numbers 44 and 45 in the, the Chevrolet Camaro for Alpha Prime Racing. And, if you didn't know, he's the son of Kerry Earnhardt. Grandson of Dale Earnhardt. He's 34, but he started racing, like, obviously... Uh, up in the, he, he moved up pretty quick. Relatively, his first race came in the Hornet Division at White Raceway in Rural Retreat, Virginia. He scored three feature wins and finished in the top five in division points, winning Rookie of the Year. And then the following year, he moved up to the Sportsman Division at Motor Mile in Virginia, finishing in the top ten in the standings there. And then that's when he competed in the late model. Uh, season finale at the track as teammate to RCR developmental driver Allison Duncan. And that's kind of where General Motorsom created a driver developmental search program where uh, they were looking for people that they were at back in the day. We, that That's when they started doing this stars of the future, looking at people who were the face of the my favorite was the Gillette Young Guns. That was my favorite. Um, but yeah, so he tested the Bush car and it looked good. He made the cut uh, for that uh, program and went to, to the up to the NASCAR Bush Series in to, uh, all in 2007. He he had quite the first couple of years in his career, and then moved up to the ARCA series at that point. Raced with Rick Ware, and and then he ended up uh, making his run for Rookie of the Year in the NASCAR Camping Trucks in 2011. And then also ran in the 24 hours of Daytona where they finished 12th for require racing. Um, so that's uh he, he went to grand Am in the Rolex sports car series in 2012. And he raced there in the GT class for require racing as well. Good old RWR. Hell yeah. Um, and then, and then uh, that's when I, I remember when he came in uh, in 2020, uh, 2013 for sure. That's when I I remember uh, seeing another Earnhardt up there on the ticker. Um, wasn't until 2017 when he... Because in 2015, 2016, he raced for GoFast and BK Racing in a Ford and a Toyota. And then in 2017, he raced for Circle Sport-The Motorsports Group. That's the name of the team. They went with an abbreviation, which uh, didn't make it any better, but... The, uh, that's when he raced in number thirty three in the Chevy, and he did not do very good in that season. <laughs> um, I wish he did, but he was uh, he was basically back back the pack guy. Um, his highest finish came at a P twenty seven at Bristol, in the, and that was back in the old Monster Energy days, if if y'all remember that. So, he, we've seen him though in recent years. Do some one-offs throughout, uh, throughout different series like the Xfinity. Um, and he hasn't ran a cup in, what, since pandemic era, I believe. So end of uh, just right before the pandemic. So we've seen him. We've seen him around. He's still he's still doing stuff. His performances now, though. And if anyone doesn't remember when he ran in the binty series back in 2016, for Dave Jacombs in the number thirty-six, and he raced that at Three Rivers. If anyone, if anyone didn't know about that,
2: mm. that's cool.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So, I I would say as an Earnhardt, a lot of people probably put him up there. Probably put him up a little too high on the the spectrum there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot to expect out of an Earnhardt. Uh, but he's still, he's still, it's still good to see him around. I, I know, and it, just as Wom sidebar, I know with other, I mean, you ever hear driver announcements? Like, for example, we just heard that Haley Deegan's going to be going full-time and he's fitting, and I'm Like, oh, you know, every series needs a a mid-packer. Um, we, need, we need guys to fill the field. Uh, we need racers. And it's not because they're bad or it's not because they're good. We just need guys to show up. And uh, I always felt like that was like what Jeffrey was, and uh, oh, and you know, ca- carrying on that Earnhardt legacy, and that name is is totally another ballpark too. That's my that's my favorite part about it. But yeah, that, my pick Jeffrey Earnhardt, and uh, I, I don't know if I'm ever gonna pick him again. So <laughs> that, that's it. Uh, that might be it. Um, what do you guys? So who wants to take it next? Eggman, you got it. Uh, Damon, I'll, and Mike, I'll
3: go next. All right. So, you guys know how I love picking one race wonders. And uh, this is no different. Uh, I picked Elliot Sadler. Now, not a lot of people were aware of this because he only raced mm. the number 33 for RCR in the 2012 Daytona 500. Mm. Uh, at the time, the number 33 was something of a rotating ride slash a joint venture between RCR and the previously mentioned Circle Sport. Uh, other drivers that year included Elliot's brother, Hermy, as well as Brendan Gaughan, Austin Dillon, Tony Raines, Jeff Green, Cole Witt, and Stephen Late. Bet you didn't know that wow. last guy, did you? <laughs> did you? <No. laughs> Stephen, or,
0: Stephen Late? For you
3: did? The crew chief. Stephen Late ran 21 races that year in that car, and I've never heard of him
1: so he's <laughs> probably he best known he's probably best known he was in the Jack uh, Roush like remember when they had on TV the trucks and they were doing like the contest yeah, to, uh, yeah. Uh, so it was, like yeah. Colin Brown and Colin yeah. O'Quinn or, Quinn or whatever and some of those guys yeah he came out of that Todd Cleaver huh yeah he was a uh, Roush development driver
2: back when there was money in
1: NASCAR the old uh, number 90 yeah. uh, City Financial Ford. Yep.
3: Well, the more you know. Uh, so, yeah. Here are the no, There's no real remarkable story about how he got the ride. He was, at that time, one of RCR's Xfinity drivers, and they just gave him the tap to run at Daytona.
2: Cool.
0: Yeah. I, I'm just looking up that livery now, just trying to remember. I posted it in the Discord. Yeah. Um, yeah, that Kroger, oh Pillsbury's on it, cool, and the Green Giant, and then the Mitt. Man, they got some cool. They got some cool stuff on that car.
3: It's honestly a decent paint scheme.
0: Yeah, I always thought that they just had a little bit too much on that on their cars, but looking back at those liveries now, though, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, Elliot Sadler and the you know, con- like I guess to to compare with mine, you know, those famous racing families. Well, I don't, like, you know, you see, you see it, uh, we're I don't know if we're going to keep going here on that, uh, that vibe. I don't think so. Who's, who's, who's going next? Cause it depends. Uh, I don't I'll think I'll go. I don't think Wally's is that's for sure. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> I think, uh, no. I think mine's not quite in the vibe, but mine is all no. about the threes. This is episode 33. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my driver today is going to actually be Ed Carpenter. So Ed Carpenter, as we know, is the son of Tony George, the old IRL boss and owner, but he owns his own team in the IndyCar Series. And normally he does an all-oval schedule. And he drives a third car for his team. Normally he drives the number twenty. This year he chose the number thirty-three. And when he announced that, that he was going to drive the 33 this year, it was on his birthday, which is March 3rd, and the announcement was at 3.33 p.m. He has three IndyCar wins, three IndyCar polls, or Indy 500 polls, and his goal was to be first in the field of a 33 in the Indy 500, which is obviously his team's big push for the year. And I took that information from IndyCar.com. But yeah, that was just a quick little, if we're going to go on the numbers and the themes of that. I couldn't think of a better theme for thirty three than than that. So that that's, that's cool. all I got. That's
0: the that's I, you cool. know what? Now like I I'm pretty sure I I have to have gotten a shot of that at some point
1: at at the Honda Indy. Well he doesn't drive road horses. Yet. Oh
0: yeah, so he just does the Oh yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well hey, you know what? The more you know here on the WAMS, that's for sure. Uh that's a good that's a good one. He's I don't think we've had him on as our driver's spotlight yet. I don't think we did that no, for number 33 no, last not. year. We always try to get into different series other than just Cup or NASCAR. And getting an, getting a, an IndyCar driver on here uh, once in a while for the driver's spotlight, that is much needed. That is That is a good one. Uh, but Stay
1: tuned for episode thirty-four. I got a good one. For okay, that too.
0: okay, we'll 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 hold you to that one. Um, this next one, though, I don't know.
2: Well, born in nineteen thirty-three, fitting because he drove the thirty-three on episode thirty-three. It's Robert L. Bondurant. Bob Bondurant. Bob Bondurant. Um, <laughs> Bob. Most people recognize Bob's name. Ponderant that part of the name for driving schools all over the United States. He, I thought there was
0: something familiar on that one.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so Bob, before he started the those schools, he was actually a very successful uh, driver one of one of the few very successful American drivers when it comes to European sports car racing. He drove in races like 24 Hours of Le Mans in 1964. He drove in the Targa Floria and Cobras. He won the first race uh for Shelby's Ford Cobra um, uh in Colorado. Uh, he drove with Dan Gurney uh, at that Le Mans race in the in that Shelby. Uh he drove the um drove the uh the F- GT40s, as well. Uh, he drove Can Am, and back in the day, he drove F Formula One. Back in the sixties, uh, he drove everything. Is he still with and us? He no. He passed okay. away in uh, November twelfth, twenty twenty one, at the age of eighty eight. But uh, you know, he he also not just. um not just that kind of racing. When he moved into to teaching or, or instructing, I guess he instructed people like James Garner, Paul Newman, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, he had a cool looking school. Uh... Tim, Tim Allen, Tom Cruise, and Nick Cage. Um, but in particular, he drove the number thirty three only one time at uh, Riverside, California. Uh, that's the only place he he made four total NASCAR starts and and they were all or grand national starts really um which were all at riverside and uh we we all know the reliability uh we're going to talk a little bit about that later but the reliability of these older cars uh back in the day but bob was he was no he's known when you get into this racing stuff like he he helped um he was training like when i said uh, james garner he was training him for the movie grand prix if anybody's ever seen that movie fantastic
3: oh cool um, one nice of the w- nice. one of the holy trinity of racing yeah, yeah. movies that
2: one yeah cool. okay, yeah for sure um in 60 so in 67 he drove uh am series and in a corvette l88 coupe at le mans uh Where was it? Later that month, while driving a McLaren at Watkins Glen, the steering arm broke at 150 miles an hour, approaching the loop chute section of Watkins Glen, the current Turn 5, but without the bus stop. Uh, which was installed Ooh, in 92. Okay. Bondurant sustained serious rib, leg, foot, and most seriously back injuries in subsequent accident in which th- his car flipped eight times. Doctors told him he would likely never walk again, but through courage and hard work, he overcame his injuries. Um, and then that's that was his push into um, teaching or instructing away from actual yeah, his- racing.
0: His school was all. I think it was taken over by um a company that bought over Skip Barber and then yeah. turned into their own company. But it was I've seen this track from somewhere. I recognize it from like Top Gear or something like that. The um and that's oh. cool it's it's cool. Yeah. This guy uh it's cool to think about that stuff because you don't you don't ever think like who teaches stunt drivers who teaches
2: well so and the thing about guys like whoever, like right? Bob is Bob, he is really famous more so for being like uh, uh, an instructor mm-hmm. but when you and then you'll look at his stats like he he only had nine entries in in Formula One between sixty five and sixty six. Well, nine entries is that's a lot of freaking races back then, and he's yeah. not oh, only yeah. just doing those. Like back in those days, they're racing every week. So this guy got in um, uh, every type of car. I mean he he was a Corvette factory driver. Um, he I think he's in the uh, Corvette Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, Bondurant was inducted in the Motorsports Hall of Fame wow. of America in 2003. He nice was inducted pick. in the West Coast Stock yeah. Car Hall of Fame in
1: 2014.
2: So, wow. Yeah. So here, so, um, along just last thing, the school was founded in '68 and has graduated celebrities for car movies. Like I said, a couple of them, but Christian Bale with. And along with over five hundred thousand other graduates from our
0: I love that because I'm I'm a big movie that's guy, cool. and I always like when a guy does their own stunts, and that's mm-hmm. that's right there. Like you know what, man, that's probably one of my favorite picks for Driver Spotlight. Uh, good one, man. That that was a good one. I I doubted <laughs> it. I heard the name. I'm like, what the? <laughs> and I remembered. So that's that's a good that's a good pick. You know what? We have the best picks for Driver Spotlight. Um, yeah, well, we'll see what we do with number three or four next it. week when we... Uh, Listen,
2: the others think they got good picks. They've they seen don't. no picks. <laughs> We've been making <naked laughs> picks for years. Okay? Okay. Right. Okay.
0: Um, so next up on the schedule here is NASCAR Pinty's, And we're going to... Uh, it's been a couple weeks. We're going to get into Ooh. some thoughts, after-after thoughts of, Pinties. of, Pinties. of the... After after hours, because way after hours, because we uh, we took a bit of an off week last week after that race at Delaware Speedway uh, when the NASCAR Pinty series wrapped up their 2023 season for the Pinty's Fall Brawl and mixed reviews in that race. We'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll for sure wrap up that get to that in a bit. But there are some thoughts still on our mind after a couple of weeks. There's still some things that I'm going around at work, I'm going around at home, and I'm thinking about it. And the, we're going to talk a bit about uh, this stuff a little bit more down the road. We're going to have a full episode about that as well as guest spot on the Pinty's Power Hour in the weeks to come. But I thought, hey, we got a, we got our own radio show, we got our own podcast. Let's do this a little. Let's let's scratch the surface a little bit here. Damon, you made a good point um, about some of the, I guess you could say the reliability of the cars are in a bit of a question for uh, <laughs> for some of those drivers out there that are getting these new parts and things aren't really working out too well.
1: Yeah, I feel like this season in particular, because I've been following Pinty's on and off the last few years. The last couple of years, though, more pretty frequently with my attendance of multiple races. And I feel like this year has been a microcosm of just an, um, an immense amount of part failures that you just, you might've seen it from like the back half of the field, but like, you know, some of the teams that produce per- competitive cars on a weekly basis have been having just a multitude of part issues. And, uh, you know, we've had this, this chassis and probably the chassis is even longer than Ben Pinty's. I'd imagine but the bodies you know they basically haven't changed too much i i would imagine since you know it became the you know the entire series of the Penti series it was kind of in my head you know like you know what kind of improvements are they are they planning at some point maybe you know some revamping some parts you know you know nascar the cup series obviously gone through their changes and the, even you know the trucks and the the Infinity series have gone through some changes over the years Yeah, like is, is the Pinty series overdue maybe for some chassis changes some general like streamlining of parts kind of thing As someone who's kind of an outsider still on that on the inner workings of the series I'm, I'm curious you know what kind of stuff's in the pipeline
2: um so Luckily, we Quote get to talk to Michael Wallace, the insider. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just talk too much, and people just tell me things to get rid of me. Um, no, so <laughs> I know that they're working no. on a new engine. That's what I do. Um, no. I think it's no, <laughs> it's no, it's no secret that uh, Daniel Bois MB- MB- MBS Motorsports and um. And the, the 31, they've been running a developmental engine all season long. They developed it. Um, I asked how come only them and I think there was somebody else that ran one at Delaware, but I'm not sure. And uh, why they were the only ones running it. And it was just some of the teams had some... There were concerns about the reliability of them because they're supposed to be a little more practical and cost-wise, and parts and savings for the engines. Um, so it's supposed to be a better option. And then along with that, I also was talking with a, a driver about um, testing new braking systems and packages for for the series and for the competitors. Uh, a cheaper option, not a not a worse option, uh, just a less expensive option um something similar to what we, you would see on a pro late model or a late model stock or super late model or something like that uh so I know they're they're working and then and then the other thing that actually because we we talk we get to do a, sh- a pre-show and get everything going and they're just coming to me now I know that a lot of the chassis have had front uh, their updated front ends or um what would you call that Thomas the uh, front clip or
3: yeah, front clip is I think the correct
2: term for it. Um, there's been updated front clips and stuff like that for the for the cars. So there's some updates there. I mean, the biggest thing you're going to hear is that well, is it, who's going to pay for it? It just um, it's 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 all about cost and and Pinty Series I think is pretty. <clears throat> I don't think it's expensive to run, but like nobody's making money. You know, um, you know Hendrick, Gibbs, like Penske. uh, You just think of it, uh, Ganassi, other or Formula. They all make money. I I don't think any of these teams make money in Pinty's Series. They're really doing it
0: for for the love of uh for the love it of it, it and, has and to the
2: be love of racing yeah, I, so. yeah that's why
0: i love it um and so on the flip side of that the love of it there's there's a lot of competition in it there's no doubt how competitive things get and and you've mentioned it uh, i think a couple times throughout the season and and that's about how perfection is key
2: yeah i think um we just saw this year last year uh, maybe even, even the previous years, I, the you have to be the how should I say it? The dominant driver through the season is is the champion. Now that sounds like an obvious statement, but what I mean is is that our the, our championship because it's so short that you have to be almost perfect mm-hmm. to win the championship, yeah. right? So Trey just did, did a little bit better something. than Mac. Yeah, so. Uh, our championship really is about who is the best overall because like like we've said but realistically I would say that there's got to be 15 maybe 10 chassis 10 to 15 chassis that you could put Trey in or LP in or Tag in or Ranger in that could probably win the race I think I, I think that that a good driver is more showcased sometimes in the oh, yeah. series. What do you think?
0: Yeah, the so that reminds me of this season focusing on the underdogs and the vets. And I just to scratch the surface a bit on that because I'd like to, uh, I'd like to kind of look a bit more into the uh, the specifics of how the trends were with the you know the strengths and the weaknesses with some of our um rookies this year and and some of our veterans this year for me like just just off the top of my head this is a good one to start with uh amber balkin you know she had her sights set on her nascar pinty series debut at delaware speedway tough battle with the car um you know coming from canada she's from out west that was, uh, that was cool to see her, uh, come into the series. We, you know, and then we also, we saw our rookie of the year, Thomas Netbo get his, uh, get that. Uh, and there, I, I'd like to look into that battle. Cause the rookie of the year battle, I know there was some other guys in there. That's, uh, that I'm forgetting mentioned. I'm sure you, you probably would, uh, would remember or when we saw, uh, the, I always like to see the, um, the vets come in like, uh, It was cool seeing Teej, always cool seeing Teej race. Uh, Really excited to see him come back uh, at some point for 2024 or, you know, our, our regulars like LP coming back for a solid fourth place finish in the 2023 standings. And uh, he even, he also had a pretty tough race as well at Delaware and and with, uh, with tag getting fourth and, I know there's uh with some cars not being able to finish and and going laps down and there are there were some battles going uh for the points there which uh I I'd really like to look more into that uh and actually try to watch that race on TV because I I I only can absorb so much of that so, um when I'm out in turn 1 you, you you get you get to only follow so much uh when it, when it comes to specifics of that but we are at every race in Ontario we should per- we should probably know, <laughs> but uh, that that would that would mean some diving into some stuff, uh, which we will have in a future episode. But here we go. We we got some words though with DJ Kennington, yeah. Kyle Stackley, Donald Teague, and Thomas Netfo after the race. We wanted to we want to make sure that we uh, we air these. So we're gonna we're gonna air yeah. these interviews, and then we're gonna get back at you with more right here on the wide world of Motorsports podcast here is our chat with dj kennington kyle steckley donald Teigen, and tom
2: standing here with hometown hero dj kennington uh great race today what did it feel like and uh what do you think maybe the car was a little bit lacking to get you to the front
4: oh we
5: had a good car all day i mean there was a couple that had great cars right so um, we were just really tight in the center of the corner. Just not enough turn. And uh, the longer the run went, the worse it would get. So other than that, I mean, we had a really good car. and It's good for my sponsors, Castrol, Sparks Power, CIM, and mm-hmm. my whole hockey team. And uh, i uh, just really happy to end the season on a positive note.
2: What will you be doing to get ready to go into next year for – are you going to rebuild build a new car? Are you just going to re- refix this car or get it better?
5: We've got lots of stuff going
2: on uh, definitely building a couple new
5: cars this year uh, we be a big couple of just changes here coming up with how we how we do things and uh, we're really excited to get going for 2024
2: do you think maybe we could possibly get a shop tour and see some of these new things for 2024
5: you'll see them when they come
2: out <laughs> <laughs> thanks DJ uh, I can't wait to see you on the grid next year
5: thanks I appreciate it thank you
2: Standing here with the number 80, Donald Teej. Donald had an eventful, but a really good race. Uh, how does it feel to kind of c- cement the end of the season with a good finish?
6: Uh, you know, I think we got a fast car today. Probably the fastest car on the track. We mm-hmm. got by the 74, and uh, that was kill us. You know, uh, we should be fighting with a 20, with 50 to go. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of uh, racing. So we come back, and uh, we got a good car and finished second. And we got an issue with the uh, uh, spark-waring. You know, that's why we, get, we can get in uh, the first segment twice and uh, fix it that. The team did a great job. So we're very proud of what we did today. Yeah. You know, we're just doing the Oval. So we show that we, we still, uh, uh, the AD is still uh, very uh, competitive with uh, those uh, penties guys.
2: Yeah. Yes, I would, uh, I would definitely say that every time you are on the Ovals, you are a contender for the race. You've had some uh, a terrible luck, I would say, this year. Uh, are those things that that you can fix were they just truly
6: bad luck uh you know it's only bad luck you know the mm. tour gear we broke they were brand new brand new mm. so we break uh, break the gear at valley junction and newfoundland we were in the pole yeah. so you know that's only bad luck Three river you know did only one race mm. on a over on our road <sighs> racing and we broke the transmission so and the transmission was brand new also oh so we're goodness. just bad luck i gonna come back next year you know do the oval and try to be very competitive like uh, we always do
2: well i mean that's fantastic i can't wait to see you on the oval because like i said you always put on a good show and you're always kind of a dark horse i don't think they always talk about you too much but i think they should uh i think season opener is going to be at uh, sunset again uh, you like that track
6: oh yeah i like it you know uh, we should finish on the podium last race we did we did a f- f- fifth or fourth position but we got it on the back with one lap to go and we got three wide you know for the, the for the, the win so i think we're going to be passionate too also at, uh, at sunset
2: Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, I can't you. wait to see you at sunset. Thank you.
6: thank you.
2: Standing here with Thomas. Now, help me pronounce your last name. Never. Never. Awesome. Uh, in the season finale, Pinty's fall Brawl 250. How was it out there? I mean, you had an incredible run. I'd say your best of the season?
4: Yeah, for sure. I think it was the best run of the season. Uh, we ran in the top five for for, for a little bit, uh, far hard at the end. I think I got past with 10 laps to go by by the 74. So I tried I tried hard to keep them behind me, but it was all I got. So super happy to bring it back with a seventh place, and I think it's just overall a strong finish. Ran in the front and showed we had some pace for the last race of the year.
2: Yeah, and I see that you you already ripped that rookie stripe off. The car, you earned it, Rookie of the Year. What, what does that mean to you? Is those kind of things important to drivers?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to, to come away with this title. Uh, for sure, I don't feel like I had the, the most challenging uh, driver against me to, to, to race for the, for the title. So I'm happy for the title, but it's, it's nothing, uh, nothing, nothing so big. Right.
2: Um, so what are your plans for next year?
4: Uh, hopefully coming back, if we if we can get the package to come back next year and be able to, to run some decent race, run in the top five, and hopefully some podium uh, throughout, the, throughout the year. Awesome.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, sponsors, you want to thank? Yeah, big thanks to
4: Ev- Eviram, uh, Omar Hardware, Richelieu, Propane Belanger. Uh, without them, I couldn't be on the grid this year.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Thomas. Well, I hope to see you on the grid next year. Thank you. standing here with kyle stackley winner of the 2023 apc championship uh you it was hard this year this wasn't an easy championship to win you had a lot of top uh drivers to compete against what were some of the things that that you think you and the team were better at that got you the the championship
5: yeah i think our team just never gave up you know we had a couple bad nights there as well as a lot of other guys did but we didn't let that get us down we always rebounded well and uh you know, we just kept fighting all year to make our car better. Some of the best competition in Canada, I'd say. So, you know, fighting with guys like Joe Lawrence, Jeff Fitzpatrick, and Jake Sheridan every single weekend was a ton of fun. They all raced with a ton of respect, and uh, you know, it was a great year. And I'm just happy that we came out on top.
2: Yeah, it was. It's fantastic. It was a good race to watch. It was a great season. Obviously, going to see you on the grid for 2024 to defend that championship.
5: Definitely, I'll definitely be back. Hopefully. With everything I'm doing next year, that it all works out, that I can be back here full time. I love the series, and uh, you know they put on some great racing, really clean, hard racing, a, a lot of fun tracks. So I really hope to be back full time next year, and hopefully I can de- defend my title.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks, Kyle, and you have. Uh, I can't. I really can't wait to see you on the grid uh, next year, kicking ass.
6: Thank you.
0: And we're back here on the Wide World of Motorsports podcast, coming to you on the FM on CFMH 107.3 Local FM and CKMS 102.7 Rated Waterloo and on the Performance Motorsports Network app or wherever you get your podcasts. We are just talking about some NASCAR Pinty Series stuff. And now we're going to be getting into some of Eggman's adventures. This is really cool. A couple weeks ago, we need a theme song. Yeah, we do like something royal, you know what I mean? Doo, 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 doo. Something cool. Maybe I'll come up with something quick. Like it's just a little like like a little trumpet, like a little just, you know, like a
2: Yeah, don't you get like 30 seconds isn't 30 seconds considered fair use? You, up to it's 30 like 30 seconds or probably something less like that. than that,
0: but we're going to get Eggman okay, um to tell us a little bit about how he crewed for a race winning bone stock team. At a local racetrack where he lives in Wisconsin. Oh, I thought you were
2: rowing. I thought you meant he was rowing. Keep a He was a rower. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Eggman, where's,
3: where is where is
0: the uh, where is this track that you went to?
3: So, Dells Raceway Park is about two miles outside of the Wisconsin Dells in, you guessed it, Wisconsin. Uh, it is. One of the most popular tracks in the state, second probably only to Slinger. Uh, but it was their championship weekend, so it drew a decent crowd of both cars and fans.
2: Cool. What was? Um, what tell us a bit about the track? Yeah,
0: you, so, s- you sent a cool picture of the track. It's a nice. It's uh,
3: it's a nice small track. It's uh, th- I believe it's three. Tenths of a mile, if memory serves, three eighths of a mile. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got some decent, high, decently high banks. I don't know the exact degrees. Um, mm. e- external pits, which I always thought was cool, because right, yeah, yeah. The right. infield, the infield is small, so you can't really fit all those guys down in there. And that's yeah. that's a touch I've always really liked of smaller tracks is if they're small enough that you can't pit in the infield, I'd always thought it was really cool.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you wreck out, you got to, you potentially have to sit in the infield.
3: Uh, Several guys throughout the night did end up hitting the wall hard enough that they just had to limp it to the infield and wait for the race to be over. Oh, nice. But uh, predominantly the cleanup crew is good enough that they either tow it or flatbed it out out of the track. So that's not a,
2: Nice. Well Delaware's Delaware is well I would say Sunset like is like that. It's too sh- small in the infield to bring everything in I've seen so that it's a big external oath. pit. But then but then uh Delaware they'll bring uh, well they'll try to get as much as they can in the infield. But but they also have like a you know there's bathrooms and there's a concession stand and like there's yeah. services in the in
0: field
3: for sunset. There's one portage on. <clears throat> and,
0: where what team were you racing for, or what team were you crewing for? Who, so who were I, you crewing
3: for? I was, crewing not really crewing so much as observing, but I was crewing a little bit. Uh, the number twenty six car of Josh Mazer. Um, So I don't know if you guys know, I own one of those four cylinder race car things that I am working on getting on the track. And he has been helping me with technical support and uh, procedural stuff and rules questions and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And he invited me along on that weekend to see how the pits work, how traffic flows, where tech is, how tech works, all that good stuff. Oh,
0: cool,
2: man. That's gonna be so when you, if you're gonna be racing, you're gonna be you're gonna t- take some videos. I hope. Oh, absolutely. That's cool that a guy
0: yeah. kind of like brings you in. And it's like here, like that's kind of like a, a nice way into things. Like a nice, yeah. yeah. The
3: the racing community in my area, at least, specifically these four cylinder guys. Have been super helpful and super inclusive. Um, mm. It's not like they see me as more competition. Uh, frankly, m- if more cars enter, that means keeps the, the series around, keeps the series the around, keeps the track open, and the purse is bigger. So, yeah, they're all for more guys. So, yeah, yeah. I would Heath. say
2: De- Delaware. Talking about Delaware, again, but that they have that like that four cylinder bone stock uh craze. Like they'll have they'll have fifty cars show up for Friday night.
3: Oh yeah. If it weren't championship weekend, there would have been probably 30, 35 of those four cylinders there, but wow. uh it was limited to track regulars only because there was mm. five or six series there that night and there are not that many pit stalls nice mm-hmm. wow. so what about the what series so
0: it's like a st- the series you you were in and mm-hmm. um, and the other stuff going on yeah
3: so we were in the what what drp calls the bandits which are known as mini stocks or four cylinders or slinger calls them the bees because you know slinger yeah. stinger that's a whole thing cool but yeah. um <laughs> uh the other the other series that were there uh that we had uh super late models there we had uh regular late models there was some uh midwest super modifieds there ooh like like the winged ones no not the winged ones Still. um just that you're like pretty much there were your run of the mill asphalt modifieds uh they they did put on a pretty decent show actually, despite there only being like six or seven of them there. Mm. Uh that happens
2: thought, with those touring series sometimes.
3: Yeah, so the day after it was because it was championship weekend, <laughs> they ran Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night was a makeup race from the beginning of the year that got rained out. Uh oh. So um on Sunday they raced the Midwest Super Truck Series, which was really cool. Um, so it's, ba- it, it's basically like old Craftsman trucks, almost. Oh
0: right, yeah, yeah, that's sick. No way.
3: Man. Yeah, yeah. One of so one of them cool. was setting up their pit stall when we left Saturday night, and it was it clearly, dude had money.
0: Nice. Mm. So how how did your race? How did the team's race go? What were you doing? What was going on?
3: So it didn't start great. Um in qualifying, I don't know if you know, know how these work, but in the interest of fairness, there is a uh, minimum lap time you have to stay above or you do what's called breaking out where you have to go to the rear. Yes, um,
2: um, we, sorry, one of the tracks around here has breakout racing. If you break out, <laughs> actually, <laughs>
3: but, but, um, and if you break out, you have to stop on the backstretch. Yeah, so that was our situation. We had been in the top two or three in lap time through all of practice, and he was really giving her the giving her the beans during qualifying. And his first lap would have been enough to get us pole, but he couldn't see because the lap times when they come up are shown on the pylon uh, in turn three. But it was at an mm. angle and the sun was weird, so he couldn't see it. So he went faster and it ended up being like oh. a tenth and a half oh. below the breakout oh. time. E- 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 I hate, so, you hate to see that. So for <laughs> they were running dual features, so there were no heats. So in feature one, Freaking he started sun. dead last <laughs> in twentieth. Oh. Uh but the car was fast. His setup was good. Um And as far as setup goes, you're only allowed very tight tolerances. Like, you're only allowed a degree and a half of camber and things of that nature. So, really, all of your adjustment is from the tire pressure. And uh, they were dialing in the tire pressure. I say they. We were dialing in the tire pressure all, all afternoon. And it just ended up working out really well as the sun went down and the temperature fell. Our tire pressure was better than everyone else's. So... Uh, thanks to a couple of cautions, we went started in twentieth and in a fifteen lap heat we ended up fifth after heat one. Ooh, and um, wow. Yeah, he was wheeling it. I'm not gonna lie. He he was he was driving his tail off. And honestly, we would have been higher than that, but on the last restart, the guy in front of us was not fast and he was kinda in our way. But but it worked out up, it, it did work out. You, won. Up, you guys but, won. And then in Heat 2, which was a 20-lap feature, we started fifth. uh, We had raced up to second. And then it it looked like the guy that was in first was just going to drive away from everybody. But he tagged the wall off of turn four and had to take it behind the wall. So we suddenly found ourselves in first place by about a second with 12 laps to go. And there was the one car that did run run him down and was challenging for, the, for the lead. Uh, I wish I would have gotten video of it, but I was too busy.
0: Focusing on, my, yeah, right? Biting, biting my your fingernails. fingernails and, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: uh, focusing on the race. But uh, he actually had moved to the outside to go around us in turn four, but there was a wreck on the front stretch, so the caution came out, and he ended up winning under yellow
0: so nice he won
3: feature two he did not win the overall for that race because the dude Mm. that finished second finished uh third in the first feature so he ended up having more total points at the end of the day so he got the big trophy but uh we ended up winning winning feature two in my first ever experience in the pits
0: nice and hey you know what that's good uh Good way to to start it off. Um, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get to feel all sorts of, uh, of the joys of winning and losing. I'm sure. Um, with uh, with that team and and with what you're gonna end up doing, that that's cool. You gotta you gotta make sure that uh, you let us know how that goes here on the Wams podcast. As uh, we gotta
1: get a Wams sticker to put on that card. Hell yeah. I'll
0: I'll pay for yeah. it. I'll pay for it. Um, hey you know um we're we're always at we're at the track doing something and that's what we're we're all about is uh being all part of it and uh that's cool that's cooler than what i think that i do so uh props to that man um hey you know let's uh let's go on to f1 here mm-hmm. what's going on there <laughs>
3: Well, Suzuka is and always has been one of the most entertaining tracks on the calendar and it did not disappoint this this time around. Starting in qualifying, it was clear from when they showed up at the track, Red Bull was back. Yeah. Uh, Max Verstappen was P1 in all three practice sessions as well as qualifying. And uh, it, was, it was obvious that Singapore was a fluke rather than the new norm, which, if you're not a Red Bull fan, is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Uh, also, uh, stories out of qualifying, McLaren is still showing very strong pace um, as as the season progresses. Uh, Oscar qualified P2 and Lando qualified P3. Um, so that's... that's. I'm glad McLaren is doing better again. Uh, they had a bit of a dark spell there. It, I was actually talking about this with somebody else about
2: how or what or such a transformation of that team to just be like two, they, you know, we're going to get to it, but they finish on the podium, both of them. I, I mean, it, fr- they beat Ferrari, they beat Mercedes, they beat the other Red Bull. I, man, I don't. I know both those drivers are really good, but they must be doing miracles with that car as well.
3: <clears throat> yeah, but also I feel like Lando is way better than he gets credit for being. Like, he is yeah. he is genuinely a top-tier driver right now. The, pro- the problem I, I has agree. been his his equipment has just not been up to snuff as of late, and they're finally getting it figured out, and I think... It is really helping Lando reach his potential and proving that Oscar in the silly season debacle last year did make the right decision.
2: Yeah, and Danny Rick is left holding his own hand or wrist, Well, like usual.
3: <laughs> yeah, wrist, which that really sucks because everyone was so excited to see Danny Ricardo back in the car for yeah. Alpha Tauri and then he got hurt and that was just not great. But his replacement Liam Lawson has really performed well in a substandard car. But I'll get there later. Uh in the in the race the start was always nuts as it usually is. Turn 1 in Suzuka is very difficult to go through too wide not to mention three wide like they try to on starts. Uh, the biggest story out of that is Sergio Perez burned through like three or four front wings throughout the first half of the race. Uh, first yeah. on the first on lap one. And then he collided with one of the Haas's a few laps later. And it was, it was just a mess. Um, I think they even ended up having to put one of Max's spare front wings on it. Cause he broke all of his, if memory, wow. if memory serves. But I don't remember yeah. entirely. So I'm not going to report on that conclusively. But I think, I don't think they have four spare wings for each car every weekend. Not there,
2: I wouldn't think there they would.
3: At Monaco, um, maybe, but not.
2: Yeah. But I don't know what's going on with him. I did notice that in that race in particular, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of close quarters, side to side racing, um, It was a little... I don't know. There's just something lately in racing I've noticed as... They're just everybody's elbows out lately. And nobody is apologetic for it. But they're all mad because it's happening. And I I just don't get it. I don't
3: get it. No, you're right. It's not just Formula 1. It's IndyCar. It's NASCAR. It's everywhere. It's like nobody respects each other anymore. And I don't know what, what happened... There's no gamesmanship. There's no i racing. There's there's no chess. There's no there's no chess matches going on. It's all just racing. Used to be, and I'll use the same analogy again. Used to be like playing chess, but a lot of the drivers now are making it more like boxing.
2: Yeah, I mean, everybody. There's there's zero give and take on the racetrack like there's there nobody gives anybody an inch and in and it's just really yeah it's really upsetting kind of it actually cuz i don't like seeing wrecked cars
3: it really makes you feel for the guys that work in the shop when they tear up race cars every week and they yeah. got to consistently either put them back together or build new ones so they can go wreck it next week and it, it it really does make you feel for those guys.
2: Um, yeah, and sometimes I feel like it's just un it's unnecessary. You know, th- these sports are expensive enough. Um,
3: uh, I don't know yeah. if it's <laughs> a product of the pressure that drivers are under from teams to perform. Because um, we've seen how quickly F1 drivers can get thrown to the curb. Um, specific, like that yeah. year, Red Bull went through... Alex Albin and Pierre Gasly throughout the course of a season. Yeah, um, it's, yeah, you're right. I, th- I think it's a... Par- partially, teams are too quick to get rid of drivers that aren't performing well. And partially, the, um, the pressure to win is just more than it ever has been. But we'll just have to see how that progresses. It's going to get to a point where it's going to go back to where it was, but I don't see it happening anytime soon.
2: No, I, I agree. There's, there's always an ebb and flow and, and you'll have some drivers come in and that'll, you know, grab somebody by the, (laughs) excuse me. So sorry. Just cough sneezed into the microphone. (laughs) Um, We'll grab a, grab a driver by the ear.
3: Yeah, it's there's going to be somebody comes in. Probably not an F1 because it's a little too "quote unquote sophisticated for that. But someone's going to come into the cup series and not take this kind of you know what from the other drivers and it'll it'll start to sort itself out.
1: But I think uh, we had a prime example of that this uh, past weekend at Talladega with Matt Crafton and um, Nick Sanchez there.
3: New yeah, uh, new that, blood that, and
1: both that dark. is
3: that is true. Um, we'll have to talk about that another time. But I have I have a lot to talk about on that whole situation. Probably save that for another week because it is something that needs talking about. But uh, last couple of notes I have on the Formula One race, uh, Mercedes is still steadily improving slightly every race, and I think that's good to see after their sort of fall from grace in the last couple of years. Um Also, on the Mercedes front, George Russell attempting to use Carlos Sainz DRS trick from Singapore against Charles Leclerc, uh, but it did not work <laughs> like, like it did for Carlos Sainz as uh, Charles ended up passing both Russell and Hamilton and ending up in P4 in the race. Uh, other notable finishers, uh, like we said, Lando finished P2, Oscar finished P3, uh, Fernando Alonso, despite having a couple of rough races in there, is back in the points at P8. And both Alpines, Ocon in ninth and Gasly in 10th scoring points this week. And as I mentioned before, even though it's not a points finish, Liam Lawson finished 11th, and that is another strong finish from that young man.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> F1 is in my back burner. These are always good updates from the Eggman, and uh, yeah, I, I gotta, I can't wait till we get into that in the next episode here on the Wide World of Motorsports podcast. I, um, I think we'll wrap it up on this today, as we got a minute or so left. Is Charlotte Roval coming up this weekend for the NASCAR Cup Series? Even though he is out of the playoffs. It is a good bet that Chase Elliott will more than likely be a name in the hat for sure as he's won two of the last four races on the Roval, finished top five in three of his four road course races in 2023. And of course, we all know he is no stranger to the road courses. I will say there's uh, maybe we'll see a bit of a sleeper in Michael McDowell and uh, some other out, out of the playoff guys. In yeah,
3: on playoff- I, I, in my notes, I have a couple other names to watch. Chastain is always a good good bet to run yes. where the road courses. Yep. I was uh, almost
0: thinking uh, let's see what Dan- Daniel Suarez does too this week. Uh, he
3: he is in my picks this week mm-hmm. actually. Daniel Suarez is o- uh, only or first. I don't remember if he has more than one. I feel victory, like I say that every week about them. Coming at a road course, trackhouse's uh, road course program is just outstanding, and there's nothing, nothing else to say about it. My other two picks are Redick and Christopher Bell, which Ooh. have both both performed really well at road courses in the past as well.
0: Yeah, we'll 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 see what happens uh, this Sunday as as we'll we'll get into the next episode. We'll talk about the 2024 20, schedules, while well, ZRacing coming to console. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk a bit more about how the Roval's around this day. I'm excited. Love the Roval. Can't wait to see it this weekend. Talk about it next episode on 107.3 Local FM, St. John, New Brunswick, CKMS 102.7, Radio Walu in Kitchen, Waterloo, Ontario, and on the Performance Motorsports Network app. Follow us on social media at the WWOMS and get our episodes on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Well that just about wraps it up for this edition. I am James Jordan. Mike Wallace. I am the Eggman.
1: And Damon Sawyer.
0: We'll see y'all around the bend.
6: Just the facts.
1: Bye-bye.